Welcome to the Clary Podcast, a division of Aaron Clary, LLC, brought to you by AssholeConsulting.com, Aaron Clary, Chairman and CEO. Your host, Captain Capitalism himself, the world's only professional asshole, Aaron Clary. I'm going to explain to you uh, the, a phenomenon. We're going to learn. We're going to learn a lesson. Had, and uh, the girlfriend, the GF, pointed this out to me because she knows last year and the year before that, and I even think the year before that, uh, I said, um, I got sick and tired of seeing the maxi dresses. Because every spring, uh, the, the overweight land whales would use maxi dresses. And if you don't know what it is, look it up. It, it, it was a fad. It probably I don't know if it's going to come back this year or not. I haven't seen it in the WBL, uh, the, the soccer moms and trophy wives of North Oaks. They haven't, they haven't come out in, in, in uh, maxi dresses yet so maybe the queen bee at new york's prada fashion or whoever's in charge of telling women what to do and how to think i don't think she gave her blessing the pope of prada the pope of of queen bee fashion she did not come out and give her blessing this year to the maxi dress and so um like every like we just don't care us guys guys we don't care really much about women's fashion unless it's sexy if it looks good we might pay attention uh, but otherwise, we, we're kind of like on autopilot. I remember the time, the girlfriend I had at the time dyed her hair from blonde to redhead. I really didn't notice for two weeks. <laughs> that's to what level of extent we paid. Do you have boobs? Do you have legs? All right, that's good enough for us. So we don't, we pay a similar amount of attention to, uh, to fashion. But there was something like you caught it. You understood something was going on. But your survival brain... Your male brain knew it wasn't relevant, it wasn't important, and it wasn't worth spending any extra calories of energy observing it, crystallizing it, and codifying that thought, making that distinct conscious observation that something was different and going on. It was the same thing with this newest trend that the Queen Bee over in New York City has given her blessing. But it was the girlfriend that had to tell me, hey, take a look at this, so she forwarded me an article about the new girl fashion. And the new girl fashion, the one that that the sheep are all going to follow because women are independent-minded people, remember, is the cold shoulder. Now, I'm going to give you guys some time to look this up because what you're going to do is you're going to look it up. You're going to look up the cold shoulder. You're going to have the exact same reaction I did, and that was, oh, yeah, that's what I saw because it's hideous. It is freaking hideous. It is ugly. It is disgusting. I grant the maxi dress a little bit of credit. Like the maxi dress, like, yeah, okay, it's kind of fun. It's springy. It's a one-piece thing. It's somewhat feminine. But they overdid it like they that You had the sheep. Everybody was was following orders from, from the queen bee. But go ahead, look this up. I'll give you a second or two to look it up. Go ahead, look up cold shoulder, and you're going to have the exact same reaction because somewhere in the back recesses of your mind, you have noticed this disgusting horrible fashion fad going on. You just didn't crystallize it into your funnel lobes. Go ahead, look it up. I'll give you some time. Go ahead. 
I'll just be looking here in the parking lot, waiting for my friends to get to the cigar lounge. Taking my time here. Not not letting one second go to waste. I say, ah, they're going to be 15 minutes before they get here. So I, I'll, I'll go ahead, look it up. You guys see that? Image search, cold shoulder. Yeah, isn't that brilliant? They they just they just cut the shoulder away. See, and thus thus the uh, double entendre, cold shoulder. See, there's no shoulders showing, isn't that? Because I know I've always wanted to see a woman's shoulders. I know, guys, I know. It's, I mean, I understand the maxi dress. I understand back when um, Condoleezza Rice was in office, like the power boots, that was sexy. Every once in a while, the girls get it right, but what the hell is this crap? And when it's out there, guys, it's out there. I guarantee you, now that now that I've unfortunately tuned your eyes to this, that you're on the right frequency and you're gonna you're gonna identify it all the time, and it's just it's just your not to this is the cursory podcast, but I'm using a pronoun here. It's just your basic bitch fashion, just your conformist swipple girls. Predominantly, it's only been white chicks I've seen doing it, but just the the mindless. This is what's in fashion. Okay, I'll do it. It's the same thing with college kids and and teachers. They all think they're independent-minded, just like left. They all claim they're independent-minded, and yet they say and regurgitate the exact same crap they've been told and programmed to do so. And these same strong, independent... I guarantee you, I guarantee you, there's a good 80% Venn diagram overlap with these gals who wear the cold shoulder, who have been purposely conditioned and brainwashed by the fashion industry that this is the newest fad. They are also, in the same breath will claim that they are independent-minded. They will claim that they're smart. They will claim that they know what they're doing and nobody tells them what to do. And there they are, wearing a leash of the fashion industry. An ugly one. Just like no, It's like the nose piercings of shirts. It's the nose piercing of tops. It's just ugly. So ladies, knock it off. Just, just no cold shoulder, alright? Maxi dress, alright, that was good for the first three years, but now, like, okay... All right, enough with the maxi. All right, all right, enough with the maxi. Okay, all right, enough with the maxi dress. Maybe just a nice, you know, summer dress. Is that possible? Summer dress and heels. Can you girls do that? No, we have to have a, a blanket wrapped around our, your gut and your gullet, so we don't have to actually see what you look like. Not a lot of attractive women wore the maxi dress. Not a lot. It was basically a fashionable moo-moo. If you don't know what a maxi dress is, look that up too. If you see for, and then your brain will say, oh yeah, yeah, they did that. They all conformed on that. It's basically a fashionable moo-moo. That's all a maxi dress is. And the girls all fell for it. Right now, it's, it's like, you know, it's like tick season. They're coming out. It's springtime. You're going to start to see it. Lyme disease season, maxi dress season. And, but the cold shoulder, holy cow, that, that came into, that's been, because you can have a cold shoulder sweater. So that's been happening since winter. You see, they're just showing a little bit of skin. Just a little... Oh my God, it's so cute, Tina! You have a cold shoulder! I just want... I have a more philosophical question about it. Why? What is... Do you girls ever stop to, like, exercise true independent judgment and, and discrimination and say, this looks like crap? What is the point of this? I mean, is it is it just because everything else has been done that you're starting to run out of ideas and anything new is better? Is it kind of like society? Like, you know, after two millions of human evolution and about, oh, I'd say four of Western civilization, we kind of optimized things, we figured it out. 
the scientific method, trial and error, a couple world wars. We kind of we kind of optimize society, but now according to feminist theory, new is better, even if it's because you know, it's, it's new. Pansexuality, thirty-one flavors of gender. Good is bad in modern art, minimalistic art, all this. Just just as long as it's not what's been established before, that makes it better. Cold shoulders, the same thing. You, the fashion industry is plumb out of ideas. If all they could come up with is the cold shoulder, just we're just going to remove that. Then it'll be cold elbows, and then cold ankles, and then it'll be nose hats. They'll come up with nose hats. That's never been done before, right, girls? Swear to God, most of you would. You you go right up. You all get nose hats, piece of rubber band with a put a little hat on your nose, like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer during Christmas. Everyone's got the little Rudolph nose. If if New York fashion magazines or Cosmo came out and said to do it, you girls would do it. While you're all attending a women's studies convention or a, a women's empowerment seminar at work, you'll all, all claiming to be independent-minded. <laughs> it's just the conformity. The all the, it's just the sign of sheep. Just the sign of sheep because there's no function to it. It looks hideous. It's horrible. And the only reason girls do it is because other girls are doing it and they were told to it. I'm, I'm just kind of like, are you human? Are you independent-minded? I mean, I conformed with fashion back in the 80s because if you didn't, you get the shit kicked out of you. You didn't have Nike high tops. You didn't roll your jeans. Somebody come over there and try and beat you up, typically bigger than you because, you know, bullies are cowards. They'll never pick on someone bigger than them. But that was, the, that was like the 7th and 8th grade. Now, these women are in their 40s and 50s. Oh, look, the cold shoulder. See, I'm signaling to you that I'm a conformist and we can all work in the tribe together. But I'm also a strong, independent woman who don't need no man. But I'll obey and do whatever I'm told. So that's the cold shoulder. Um, it is the Clary Podcast. I have good news. Good news. Move on to the next topic that I want. I have a bunch of little piddly topics. We're just going to bang them all out. Not from the cab of my truck, but when I get up. I just want to bang this out so I can have a leg up on tomorrow's podcast when I ultimately post this. The number one complaint I have in my life is that all my friends are mathematically, it's like they planned it this way, all my friends that I have are mathematically calculated to be in the least convenient spots spread out throughout the United States. So if I wanted to visit two friends, the closest any of my two friends are going to be together are 500 miles apart. Usually you're pretty good. You're like Chris Beckloff. You managed to be way the F out in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania. Near nobody else in particular. I live in Lancaster. The heck you do, Chris. You live 200 miles away from Lancaster with the Amish people. And then uh, I'm surprised I don't have friends up in, in Alaska because that would only make it less convenient. But the larger point is that in order for me to visit my friends, two of them, it's going to be at least, at least a 300-mile drive. No two people live in the same city. They're all spread out equidistantly. Maximum inefficiency. Maximum inconvenience. So it, when I get my friends together, it, it's really, it, it, it's kind of what I live for because we get parties together, everyone has a good time. Kind of like when I have my 40th birthday in Vegas. Uh, and everyone has, and they're like, oh, wow, there's really cool people other places. Oh, wow, man, it's really cool here in the closet. And everyone's having a good old time. It's wonderful. You know, having friends, family, loved ones, it's just great conversation, and it's wonderful. 
So that has been achieved. But the one thing that has never happened is getting two of three people, ideally three of three people together. And that is my bat bleep insane hiking buddies. That's Dirty Harriet, the talented Mr. Lee, and Denver Ben. Now, the talented Mr. Lee hiked rim to rim to rim in the Grand Canyon, 48 miles round trip, and I think he did it in 16 hours. Dirty Harriet, the saint who had to tolerate my ass when I was out in Wyoming. The first hike we did, you know, here I am, I've been out, I've been out west, I've been hiking mountains, I've become adapted to, I don't have, I don't get altitude sickness anymore, thinking I'm the cat's meow. First time we ever went hiking with this, I'm like, yeah, I'll go easy on it. This girl runs, and I'm not joking, she runs up the mountain, like she's just jogging up the mountain. These ultra marathon type of freaks, that's what she is. And from there on out, it was just an entire charitable affirmative action case. That I was her charitable affirmative action case. You know, it's like spending time with retarded children. She was like, okay, we'll, we'll spend time with this flatlander here. So she could kick my ass. Then you have Denver Ben. Now, Denver Ben is nice. Denver Ben is very nice. He knows he's in way better shape than me. He does, This is the guy that has to do 14 14ers in 14 days. He's, he's that 14,000 foot peaks. He's, he's that type of guy. <clears throat> Uh, but when we went hiking, he was very kind and charitable and went my own pace. He respected his elders. You know, he knew I was an older man. He respected, he showed respect. Unlike Dirty Harriet and unlike the talented Mr. Lee. And then there's another gal and her husband uh, out in Wyoming. She works dispatch. Hello to you and your dispatch friends in the police department that uh, that you uh, have tuned them all. She tuned in an entire police department to it. That's great. I was like, wow, really? You're like, yeah. I, oh, wow, that's cool, man. And I don't want to get any of these guys in trouble, so I'll just say hello to that Wyoming place in the police department people, including dispatch, including support. Yep. Uh, she's also a mad hike, hiketress, hiker, hiketress, hikus, hiketress, something like, like Stuart Diss. She's female, and she can kick my butt, and only she can get her butt kicked by... Her husband. So those are kind of the ringers. I would, they're, they're on deck. That, I'd have them come in later. But anyway, the, the three people I wanted to go and just have them meet. So I could... Because they always beat me senseless. I am, I am always dying. That's where it's no longer enjoyable for a hike. It becomes a chore. And it becomes a painful chore. It almost becomes a death march. Because I, I, my mentality, I can't let them beat me too badly. i got to keep up with them. I can't inconvenience them. And so then after these hikes, I'm in miserable pain. They've even broken into a sweat. Oh, and then the joshing and the mockery and ridicule come in, of course. So I'm thinking, all right, I can't, there's no way I can beat these guys. They all live in mountainous areas. They're all hiking every day. If I lived out there my entire life, yes, maybe I could, maybe I could pose a decent challenge to them. But they're just superior hikers in every way. But I wanted nothing more than to see these three people meet and go hike because I know their personalities and I know that they have to be first. They have to be first. And I wouldn't have to lift a finger. All I'd have to do is show up, sit there with a cigar. I wouldn't even hike because I'm not going to beat them. Yeah, they're always holding back for me. There's no way I'm going to... I'm just going to sit there, break out a lawn chair, and I'm going to time them. I'm going to say, there's the top of the mountain... And I'm just going to light up my cigar, pour myself a beer, and wait. And then the they would be running down that mountain, and they would be 
totally and completely exhausted because these are like the top three elite hikers, and I don't know who's better. I know they have pros and cons. The talented Mr. Lee just can go. His endurance, and he goes fast. They all go fast, but Mr. Lee goes fast, but he cannot go. He has to have a good trail. He, I, I don't know, uh, Vietnamese people can't climb. Any kind of, if it's not a nice groomed trail, he cannot save himself. He's, he's like a, a wiener dog trying to scale a mountain. He cannot do it. Uh, Denver Ben, I don't know what his weakness is. He may just be an overall, overall around good at every type of hike. He doesn't have altitude sickness. Dirty Harriet, I don't know what her weakness is because she never showed. But there's a weakness. Everybody has a weakness. And I'd be very curious to see who could make it up the top of whatever mountain it is. So, Dirty Harriet and Denver Ben, they're go- we're all going to go out to uh, South Dakota. And we're going to do a little bit of hiking. Or actually, I'm going to do a lot. We're going to do a lot of hiking. And I'm just going to wait. Uh, it's like uh, over in um, in Iraq... The soldiers would get bored, so they grab like you know two poison, two poisonous insects, and put them in a jar together. So it was like you know spider versus wasp, you know desert spider versus desert wasp, whatever the Iraqis have out there for pets. And they put them in, and they'd fight. That's exactly what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna want, I'm gonna let these two knock the ever living crap out of each other, and then when they come down, all beaten, beleaguered, I'm just gonna sit there with my cigar like, who won, huh? Who won? Oh, is that is that who won? Oh, you a little bit oh. Should we change the variable next time? Maybe not do a mountain. We just do the Badlands. Just flat and straight and dry and hot. You know, I'll drop you guys off and I'll meet you at this part of the park. Clear across 30 miles on the other side. Get over there. Three hours later, they're running. You can just see them neck and neck. And that's and then, 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 then I get my revenge. Then I'll get my ex. Although, again, Denver Ben was kind. He respected his elder. But I would just like to see these uh, champions, these gladiators, you know, fight for the emperor, entertain me. I want to, I want to see who is the best out of these three. Because I'm pretty good. No offense, I'm pretty good. Ask Chris Beckloff. But man, you get these people who grew up in the mountains of Wyoming or Colorado, and that's all they do. I'm, they're just a different breed of human. Completely different breed of human. And I want to see. I want to see who's the best out of these three. So whoever wins that round will go and challenge the talented Mr. Lee. Of course, the talented Mr. Lee, being an architect, majoring in architecture, has no job. Let that be a lesson to you idiot kids going to school for architecture. The man is 50 years old, and after going to school for 12 years, he has worked a total sum of a year and a half as an architect. Um, so that that is probably one of the more worthless degrees, but he does not have the money to come meet us. We're going to have to do the challenge in Arizona. That's another skill. That's another trick the talented Mr. Lee has. He can hike in insanely hot temperatures. He has adapted to the Arizona climate. I'm wondering if in part that's because he's Vietnamese and and it's hot there. So the Arizona temperatures, because it's dry, he actually excels in it. This guy, I may have told the story before, he, he put two of his dates in the hospital um, the uh, the talented Mr. Lee is gay. Of course, it doesn't really matter. But he had two two guys, and he, the first date he had with each of these guys was to take them on a hike. So the first hike was thirty miles long and hundred and eight degrees. That was one date, and then the other date he had with the different guy was something similar, but I think it was maybe hundred and ten, but it was only twenty miles. <laughs> 
One of them had to be airlifted out by helicopter, and the other one had called his parents. I think maybe only did a, a nine-mile hike. I think they did the hike that I do, but I'm smart enough not to do a hike in July in Phoenix. Uh, but he had called 911, and his parents were at the trailhead with an ambulance ready for him. And poor old Kyle. Meta, Ellen, Chloe, I don't know why I have such trouble finding date here. It's like, because you kill, you, you're not supposed to kill your dates, Con. You know, the, the, in theory, the, the goal you know, of dating, gay or not, is that you love the individual or would never, you, you have a sexual interest that would then later on grow to love and care and compassion. And that person would be a, a, a comrade, a, a, a friend, a lover, and all things that are meant to be in a relationship. But kind of one of the key predetermines of that is that they're alive and around and have a pulse. And when you kill them or attempt to kill them, intentionally or not, these people, their natural survivalistic instincts kind of kick in and they don't want to be around you no more. God, is he a great guy. Just a... And I know, I know, these weird eccentricities. But look, for every awesome thing that you find amazing about your best friends, you're just going to have to admit that they're they're not... Uh, they're not normal. They're not <laughs> going to have these things that are common sense to the commoners. They're going to be like four. Like, what do you mean don't don't hike in 110 degrees for 10 miles? What are you, what are you talking about? What do you mean... Don't try and do 14 14ers in 14 days. I know another gal like that. She lived in Copper Mountain, Colorado. And she did 14 14ers in 14 days. And she's another... I'd like to throw her into the mix as well, but she's she's off. She, she took a different path in life and stopped dating one of my buddies and is now doing something. Nice gal, too. Just a nice, sweet girl. Military. Runs her own business. 25 years old. Answers to no one. I'm just... Just the perfect girl, really. Just you all wonder, like, oh, where's that perfect girl? Oh, does she even exist? Yeah. And it was very nice to know her. She was. It was just. And she's too young, you know. It's just. It was just like, oh, you sweet, precious child. You know, ex-military fired. I mean, she, and not not like, oh, I just sat and did clerical work. She was stationed over in the sandbox. Awesome hiker. Pretty feminine. Very pretty young girl. But then entrepreneurial as well. Worked for herself, didn't rely on no one, and just kind of like, wow, you know, you 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 need to set up a school and start cloning people like you, make some some boys out there happy. All right, maybe we should do some sponsors. The Clary Podcast is brought to you in part by Praxy. Get yourself the Praxy app on your uh, Android phone or your fake phone, your little your little play school toy there, otherwise known as Apple. You can go to the iTunes Store. I phone store, and download Praxy, P-R-A-X-E-Y. Uh, you can also see my Praxy profile at praxy.com slash home slash user slash asshole consultant. You say, oh, what's Praxy? It basically allows you to talk to me if you have an emergency asshole consultation that you need and you don't have time to fill out the form on asshole consulting. So it's like FaceTime, it's like Skype, but it's on your own uh, on your phone. And uh, if you happen to be a tradesman, this is brand new technology, recently rolled out. If you happen to be a tradesman, which is what the thing was intended for, although as many technologies have evolved, it, they end up being used for not their original intention, but the, the creator, the founder of Praxy, 
was hoping that tradesmen who could troubleshoot problems far away, if they had, you know, camera, could say, oh, yeah, you got to do this, you got to switch that, this is bad, that's good, you know, cross the wires, whatever. Uh, so if you're a tradesman, uh, get yourself your Praxi app and your, your location. Like, you got to get, quote, your domain name. So I got asshole consulting, but available is plumber, computer repair, computer guy, IT guy. I mean, there's plenty of uh, a Wild West uh, Frontier and free real estate, free digital property if you choose the right URL. But if you want to contact the captain, you can download the Praxi app on your phone. Shoot me an email beforehand, like if you can. But you could you could just go ahead and praxi me right away anyway, because I will pick up because I'm charging you an egregious fee. Two dollars a minute. Why? Because I'm an evil capitalist pig. But uh, you could talk to the old captain uh, for whatever reason. I don't care. Two dollars a minute, I really don't care. Um I you know, we could talk about your cat for all I care. Uh, but you can get the Praxi app there. Either as an entrepreneur looking to make money with your expertise. Or if you happen to be a fan or you just want to find a plumber. That's what i got to use next. i got um, some plumbing issues. And I contact the CEO. I'm like, you got a plumber up there? I look, plumber, I don't see any. He's like, oh, no, we ain't got a plumber yet. But my plumber's coming in tomorrow. I'm going to have him get on the app. And, and this plumber will make money off of me. So that's Praxy, P-R-A-X-E-Y. The Real Mark Baxter. Visit realmarkbaxter.com. Tune into the podcast if you're kind of like, eh, I want another podcast. We'll go check out the Real Mark Baxter at realmarkbaxter.com. Has a website, of course, but like me, I go through SoundCloud, and so does Mark. So he interviews different people in the Manosphere, um, and we've been uh, emailing back and forth about potentially interviewing down the road. Uh, but he's busy, I'm busy. It's hard. When you're winners, it's hard. You, you just don't have to, I ah, know I'm busy. Doing what now? Living, making money, winning. Democrats don't know what it's like. Entrepreneurs in Cars. You can find him on YouTube, our good Canadian friend who drives cars, who's older than me, and gives you youngins some advice. Entrepreneurs in Cars. You can find him on YouTube. Have you bought your nose hair trimmers yet? Have you bought your distillery yet? You can get yourself a still. No? Well, why don't you by going through my Amazon affiliate program? You got nose in your hairs? Or you got hairs in your nose, rather. And uh, the best eight or nine bucks you're ever going to spend is by getting some nose hair trimmers. And, you know, while you're at it, if you want to take a hobby up like I do, I'm always looking for hobbies. Decided to get into uh, making my own spirits. And so I bought myself a still through Amazon, uh, the Amazon affiliate. Unfortunately, I couldn't use my own Amazon affiliate. They know, hey, 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 you're coming from that IP address. You got to go through some other. So I go through Tom Likas' Amazon affiliate program. Uh, but if you would kindly do all your online shopping through my Amazon affiliate program, that would be great. It doesn't cost you anything more. It's just if you can get into the good habit of going to my site first, captaincapitalism.blogspot.com. Click on the Amazon banner and then do all your online shopping via Amazon there. It, does, it doesn't, there's no login or anything like that. It just takes you to Amazon's site, but it has a little bit of different code. So it says, oh yeah, this came from Cappy. So I make a 6 to 7% commission cut on that for driving sales there. And that way, you know, I don't do no e-begging. You get, uh, you're going to buy the stuff you're going to buy anyway. If you just happen to take that detour to my site first and inconvenience yourself, you can help out the old captain. Then we have my books, Reconnaissance Man, <clears throat> Black Man's Got of Poverty, Bachelor Pad Economics, Worthless, Enjoy the Decline, Curse of the High IQ, and the new one coming out called Poor Richard's Retirement. Settled on the title, logged it in, registered it, all that, got it going on on uh, Amazon. That's going to be coming out, I'd say, in about two to three weeks, depending on how fast my crackpot team 
of editors can get through it. I'm in the uh, final stretches. I have got so many posts I'd like to write on the blog, but I just there's been no time I've been wanting to bang this out. And and that my my rat bastard employer at security, there's been no gigs. I haven't worked security in months. I even call them and say, hey. You don't want me to write a whole book without you paying me for it, do it? This is going to be the first book since uh, Bachelor Pad Economics that I've written that not one sentence, not one word was written while being paid working security. I don't know. There's no justice in that. None. Like no crime being committed. No nothing. It's like, well, I just... My boss got a kick out of that. So I can't dedicate it. I can't dedicate it to my boss now. I can't dedicate the book to my boss. That guy didn't help me out for nothing. Anyway, uh, if if you want, I got some great books out there. They're all available in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook. Um, I'm not going to go through them individually all because I'm kind of getting sick and tired of it. But you guys know the books I write, and if and if you don't, just go online, look up Aaron Clary, read through the book descriptions. I still say Reconnaissance Man is one of the most unappreciated books out there. It's really good. It has high reviews, but uh, just not that many sales. I was just like, eh, I thought I was solving a problem. Black man's got out of poverty, though. That came from behind many thanks to O'Shea Jackson. Uh, so that you're damn right I'm going to plug the hell out of him. So we have my books out there. There are other people's books as well. Frank Servi's books, Uncle Nick, Burning the Midnight, and Where Pretty Lies Perish. Uh, that is the Uncle Nick uh, saga, Uncle Nick being the first book, and then Burning the, uh, the Midnight being the sequel. And that just follows Uncle Nick, who is basically the fictional uh, epitome of a man who has swallowed the red pill has zero Fs to give, and basically just shoots from the hip and tells people in the truth. And then thus begins the book. Thus begins the story of Uncle Nick, where he upsets all the right people, children trust him, dogs trust him, and people are flummoxed and confused, like, how can this mean guy who says mean things, how come he's all winning? How come he's winning? If you weren't paying attention to the last election, then maybe you should read Uncle Nick's books. Uh, That's put out by Frank Servi, C.E. R-V-I, Frank Server, you can find him on Amazon. Those books are available in paperback and Kindle. Montrose County, a great book, uh, action book, where it has two theaters, two uh, Sears, uh, two uh, acts being played out. Uh, the first one is a young lady. She is uh, comebacks from Iraq, and uh, she's have a little PSTD, or PTSD. And so she goes out and becomes the sheriff at Montrose County, Colorado, which is an actual county in western Colorado. Been through there, went through Nucla, uh, which is where we used to mine our uranium, town of Nucla. You can even still see from the road the holes they, where all the mine openings were if you drive that far out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, but she's the sheriff out there, and unbeknownst to her, some NATO snipers, there's a sniper team, they laid waste to this, uh, they called in an airstrike, a village got hit, and as they're sifting through the rubble, they find and uncover an assassination plot on the president, who is going to nowhere else other than Montrose County. But they don't have a radio, and they got to battle their way back to command. And so as this attack is encroaching upon the president in Montrose County, the Canadian snipers are rushing back, battling their way to get back to command so they can inform it. And then what happens after that, I don't know. You're going to have to go buy the book. And anyway, that's Montrose County. You can find that on paperback and Kindle on Amazon as well. Ed Lettimore's Not Caring What Other People Think is a Superpower. You guys know Ed, and you and I are no Ed. Ed is a heavy professional heavyweight boxer, 13-1, and 
uh, military. He's in the National Guard officer, I believe. And he's also a physicist. So if you ever start thinking you're pretty cool, screw you. You're not Ed. Nobody's Ed. And Ed came out with a book. And you might want to listen to Ed. Not Caring What Other People Think is a Superpower. Written by Ed Lattimore. Again, you can find that on paperback at Kindle on Amazon.com. Steve's Jerky. I screwed this one up. I screwed it up on the last podcast. I gave people the wrong... Well, this is Steve's fault. Steve is Steve's Jerky. That's what he's selling. But his website is Facebook.com slash Steve's Kitchen, not Steve's Jerky. I told everybody to go to Steve's Jerky, and it's not that site doesn't exist. So go to Facebook.com slash Steve's Kitchen, and you can go ahead and order uh, his homemade jerky. He sells it for 150 a gallon, and I didn't know that beef jerky came uh, in that size. But this is more for you preppers, you uh, you know, you guys who want your protein, and you don't want to just be eating ramen noodles or the freeze-dried food uh, in case there's a uh, fallout Vegas type of scenario. Uh, so you got a lot of protein, a gallon size, 150 bucks for a gallon. Go to Steve's, I'm sorry, Facebook.com slash Steve's Kitchen. You can see pictures of his operation, his smokers. It actually is kind of cool. It's very crafty. Um, so yeah, just check it out if you just want to see someone who's, you know, entrepreneurying and would like your business. That's uh, facebook.com slash Steve's Kitchen. Uh, Run Guts Pull, Pull Cones by Adam Piggott, as well as the book Pushing Rubber Downhill, written both by our Australian friend, soon not to be, he's moving out of Australia. I hope he continues his podcast. Um, but uh, they're, they're moving uh, away because they just can't handle the leftists. I always thought Australia was more writer-leaning, you know, like, and then, because I, I remember the John Howard days, uh, or Ron Howard, no, it was John Howard, John Howard, pretty sure it was that. It's been so long since I covered Australia, and uh, I don't know what happened. I mean, the feminists and the leftists made their their inroads, they got rid of the AR-15, um, I, I, what, can you even carry guns anymore? It just sounds, environmentalism is huge out there too. So everyone's forced to build along the coast. Prices are sky high. The Chinese come in, want to buy. You, It's not even worth buying. It's just, it's insane. Uh, but anyway, if you want to tune in to basically uh, Cappy's Australian uh, uh, doppelganger, uh, listen to Pushing Rubber Downhill. Go to the podcast. You can find it at pushingrubberdownhill.com. I think it's also on SoundCloud. Buy his books, Run Guts, Pull Cones, and Pushing Rubber Downhill, especially for you adventure-type people. And frankly, if you are a young man, there's Reconnaissance Man, which is theoretical and instructional manual. Adam has had a very, very, very interesting life. Uh, Pushing Rubber Downhill is about disproportionately... uh, whitewater rafting, but he drove across Australia to chase after his girlfriend on a motorcycle they wasn't too sure of. He did whitewater rafting in Europe, in uh, Canada, and also in Africa. Started a nightclub. Kind of like Ed Lattimore, you're no Adam Piggott. All right? I'm kind of a sucky, boring, average person. And uh, if you want to see how these are pl- these rules, the life lessons learned, all this stuff that you see a lot of <coughs> theoreticians write about, uh, you can actually watch Adam P- uh, read Adam P- Piggott live. All right, someone has actually done it. And so uh, I know virgin towels. I know make towels. It's all theory for you. It's all your new precious little religion that you don't need girls because you read it. You know, they're just going to screw you over. They're just going to screw you over. 
And you can uh, be a perma-virgin for the rest of your life. You can say, well, she's just going to screw me over. And they all have, all women have AIDS and STDs. And they're all, they're all going to, and they want to steal you for my money. What, what money do, I, here's another, not to keep beating up on the MGTOWs, but what money do you guys possibly have? I'm being serious for the most of you. I know there's some legitimate MGTOWs out there. Sandman, I, I, not to delve, uh, but Sandman uh, supports himself, let's just say. Uh, and, and he's one of the more legit. He has had a girl. He has had sex. Uh, so there are some legitimate guys out there. But you purists are all worried about women getting you for your money. Oh, they're coming after your money. They're coming after your shackles. What money? I'm sorry, are you guys like all high-level programmers who work for Microsoft or something that I'm unaware of? I just want to know, what percentage of these virgin towels, these MIG towels, like have a zero net worth? Like you make under your 40 grand... And and you're worried about girls stealing your money, yeah. <laughs> they're gonna come after you, just like they're gonna come after me with my little my little uh, banged up, rolled over salvage car vehicle. Oh God, the lies. Seriously, seriously. If this all fails, I'm gonna start another religion. I'm just gonna sell lies. I've learned so much watching people lie to themselves on the left and the right and the apolitical, but just just the. The, the front seat show, front seats to the show I have had in the past 10, 15 years, to watch the human race go out of its way, throw itself, sell its country into slavery, ruin itself just so they can be lied to, just so they can imagine that, you know, being a teacher is a real job, or working for the Peace Corps, or working for a nonprofit, or being a professional activist, or the the um, the the tangential religions that came from the red pill. Just watching it just told me so much about human psyche. And it's kind of like being Neo in um, oh, what's it called, The Matrix. In the end there, where he finally sees everything for what it is, it's just the zeros and the ones, the bits and the bytes, and because he knows it at the at the atomic level, at the bit and byte level, he can manipulate the entire world around him. Not that I can manipulate, but I see the human mind and human nature for what it is. And I, I got a pretty good setup now. You know, one in the hand is better than two in the bush. But if this one in the hand goes away, oh, do I have some ideas Oh, do I have ideas. And they're all going to take advantage of the sheep. It's going to be, I'm just going to lie and tell people what they want to hear. You won't see my face. I'll be like a lot of the virgin towels and a lot of people in the manosphere providing dating advice. You don't know who they are. And when you find out who they are, you're like, dude, you're still a virgin and you're 40. F off. Uh, you, you won't know who I am. You won't see me. Maybe I'll even have a female. Non de plume. And I'll write, I, I will tell you this, I am going to write Harlequin romance novels. That's going to be one thing. I think that would just be fun. But there's going to be other things coming out that are just pure lies because it's just an easier sell and you'll make more money. The question is whether I can tell prettier lies than these people going to you know, journalism school, graduating from the Columbia School of Journalism or your average liberal Democrat. I can tell pretty good lies. You have to admit, when you look at the left, they haven't come up with any real new lies. Ah, uh, they're gonna. They try to co-op science here with the march for science, and then it's all racism, sexism, privilege, class warfare, man, corporations holding you down. We, you know, that's that's what five, six songs in the past fifty years they've managed to come up with. 
That's <laughs> I think I think I could come up with better, juicier, more tempting. I can't say that because it's the Cursory Pride podcast. I was going to say something else, uh, something else that was wetting to the female persuasion. Uh, because they like the lies. I, I, I got some ideas. I got some ideas. But the heck if it's going to be truth. Like hell if I'm ever going to go through this. Hey, let's market the truth BS again. Alright, where were we going? Uh, oh, Marty Andrade. Spelled A-N-D-R-A-D-E. Marty Andrade. He has two books. Uh, one is on D.B. Cooper. It's more of a clinical analytical book if you're interested in that caper, the D.B. Cooper. It's an unsolved case, one of the few that the FBI has. And uh, this is the guy that hijacked the plane and made off with a quarter million dollars, I believe. And they haven't found the guy yet. So Marty had did some sleuthing, a little bit of Sherlock Holmesinging going on. And he wrote a book on D.B. Cooper, so you can find that on Amazon. And then Nixon's Guide to the Multiverse. This is my favorite book of Marty. Marty's has written other books, so you know, take a look. But my God, Nixon's Guide to the Multiverse is just funnier than hell. Um, it's kid-friendly as well. I don't know if they're going to get a lot of the humor, but it's certainly not crass or lewd. Uh, but it's just a brilliant work of comedy is really what it was. So I, I should probably go watch it. You know what, Marty? <clears throat> if you're listening, you should go hire um, jimfear138.blogspot.com or Audio. Dot com and have them convert that to audiobook because I think that would play very well um, if you wanted to go ahead and, and monetize it that way. But regardless, for my listening audience, if you're sick and tired of hearing my books, go get that book, Nixon's Guide to the Multiverse. That is a very funny book. Uh, the Glimmer Veil Chronicles by Michael Kingswood. Uh, he's a, a friend of mine over in California. Um, and he just came out with the fifth one. He gave me four, but he came out with the fifth one. I forgot what it was. I didn't print it off. I'm recording from the recording studio out back. But I, I'm not going to... He's like, oh, you know, you want to advertise them all? I'm like, well, let's advertise them one at a time because if I advertise them all, they're not going to remember. So just start with the first one for the Glimmervale Chronicles, and that would be Glimmervale. G-I-G-L-I-M-M-E-R, Vale, V-A-L-E. Uh, again, that's on Amazon.com. I think he put them on Kindle. Did he do? You know what, Michael, if you're listening, you know, yeah, all these authors, all these self-published people, guys, you're, you're missing out on a third of revenue uh, not having these things recorded in audio format. Um, so definitely contact the guys that I have do my books, you know, under, undertowaudio.com and jimfear138.blogspot.com. These, they're young guys. They're they're looking for work. Uh and, and their rates are reasonable, so uh, check those guys out. Another book, The Catholic Economic Subsidiarity. Uh, this is an economic argument for free market principles within the Catholic faith. Uh, you would think, that, oh, well, does it really have it? It does, because uh, Catholicism and Christianity, just kind of like the science right now, is being hijacked and earmarked for being subverted by leftist indoctrination and leftist forces. You have feminism... Not out yeah, you know, when you when you see a female pastor, that is kinda like, okay, that's as Chris Beckloff likes to say, that's a dead branch of Christianity. And it's not because Chris hates women, it's because the old Christian the, the, the founding document said no women pastors. Hore- the the epitome of sexism, yes, I understand. But those are the rules that the orig- religion was originally founded upon. <clears throat> they also said no gays. Again, I, that's a bit, I wouldn't say homophobic. It's not like they're afraid of gays. 
uh, but it is bigotory, uh, bigoted towards homosexuals. Uh, but the problem is, if they cave on that, then the bank behooves the question, what else is the religion wrong on? This is why I don't participate in religion, because, all oh, the Christian, they went through a reformation, they're trying to get Islam to go through a reformation. I'm like, well, wait, hold it, hold it. Weren't your prophets and your predictors and your guys that came down here from the fluffy clouds? What, wait, what did they say that was wrong? Well, then your whole thing is questionable now, isn't it? This is why I don't really care about religion. But for those of you who are religious, you happen to be Catholic, and you don't like your Pope being the communist that at first, and then, eh, you know, self-serving charlatan second, and eh, I'm more for the Latinos than I am for uh, anyone else in the world. And maybe somewhere along the lines, he has uh, a papal responsibilities he might adhere to. Uh, you know, maybe you might want to read this. <clears throat> Certainly, though, if, if your church or cathedral, I'd even say mosque, anyone in the religious, the, the left is coming for you. They are coming for you. Maybe they'll be a little bit... They're not going to go after the uh, non-Western religions, but they are coming for you because there can only be one religion, and that is leftism, and they will co-opt you. They'll be like the Romans. Oh, you could call yourself whatever you want, but you are Romans now. That's cute. You got you, but you're Romans first and foremost. So anyway, that'd be a good book to see how politics, or not politics, economics and the Catholic religion mix. Alex Peck's Average Married Dad's Guide to Health, Wealth, and a Sexy Marriage, written by a man who... God, there's a, we, we sure do meet a lot of superior people here, don't we? There's Ed, boxer, uh, uh, Air Force officer, military officer, and physicist, and author. And then there's um, uh, Adam who, uh, I forgot what, what computer program he had. He At one time he was an adult, at one time he had a real job, but world traveler, world's most interesting man, now author, and, and kind of pretty much retired. And then um, uh, Alex Peck, engineer, author, very successful, very ripped dude, and also, I mean, it's just, there's no losers really in this bracket of ours here. So uh, his book is available on paperback and Kindle. Oh, here's our loser, Carrie Lutz. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Just kidding, Carrie. <laughs> I will bet three for four. <laughs> no, Carrie is a winner. Carrie Lutz. He has his show, FinancialSurvivalNetwork.com. Check him out. But he also has a book out called Viral Podcasting. If you're interested in becoming a podcaster, I absolutely endorse you to do so. <clears throat> it takes nothing. But if you want to be successful, it takes something. And Carrie Lutz is very much a very successful podcaster. So he came out with a book called Viral Podcasting. Uh, get that. It's available on Amazon.com. Uh, and I've hung... He's a, he's a good guy. He's a nice guy. Um, just he's a, And he's also a sweet man. You girls like, oh, I'd like to meet him. Well, you know, maybe stop in and visit Carrie. Not exactly a handsome. He's like a six-foot-five lumbering giant kind of dude from New York. But, you know, he's he's a got a heart of gold, which is good because he is into precious metals. So that's FinancialSurvivalNetwork.com. Visit our friend Carrie Lutz. And if you want to get into pot, you know, this would make a good graduation gift or a birthday gift. If you got some young kid that wants to get into podcasting, get him this book because uh, it'll save him or her a lot of time. Um, but he, and he knows what he's doing, so there's that. And then Tap Whiskey, tapwhiskey.com, spelled without the E, W-H-I-S-K-Y, tapwhiskey.com. If you guys are, are whiskey connoisseurs, uh, help out, uh, this is Rolo's outfit, tapwhiskey.com. Uh, buy some whiskey through uh, Rolo, tapwhiskey.com. Uh, all right, it is time for the news.
Now listen, man, I like the news. You guys like the news? Oh, you poor millennials. We, we Americans originally thought maybe the baby boomers would go down as the most pathetic generation ever. But my gosh, you guys, I didn't think you could beat it. I didn't think, you know, we tried, we Gen Xers tried, but my God, you millennials are just, and I will be writing an article because right now, if you look at it, baby boomer is a pejorative, no matter what. And, and it's over for the boomers. The boomers, are, they had their chance to redeem, salvage, save, whatever. But because they took the greatest generation, they had everything. They had everything and they so spectacularly fumbled the ball. Maybe the last boomer, Donald Trump, <clears throat> president, I hope, God almighty, I hope, that we don't need another baby boomer president. He might be able to salvage them somewhat kind of a Reagan-esque kind of way. But if you think about it, 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 the fate of the boomers in history will be cemented, will never be changed again. They will go down as, as a pejorative. They will go down as what people remember, hippies, <clears throat> divorce, Olympics, just not not good, not well at all. They will be remembered as the, oh, uh, not opulent, but the gluttonous Romans in the last days uh, up, up to the collapse in 400 AD. That's how they're going to be remembered. And so I don't care, even though they control the media, in part because they control the media, they could they can do the greatest... Uh, con job and sales job. It's too late. It's too late. <clears throat> you guys are, it, it, it's faded and sealed. Uh, but man, if that isn't going to be outshone, perhaps outdone by the millennials. Uh, because this this generation, as I said, it's a wasted crop and that should sting. I know that's too highbrow of a comment, too much to actually sit down and think about because you'd have to you know leave your phone down for a second. But to, I mean, all this investment and resources, all this stuff, we put in, uh, and it's wasted. Just a wasted crop. Anyway, a bit of news here that will come as a surprise from no one. <clears throat> Bloomberg, quarter of millennials who live at home don't work or study. Half are white and most are men. Just had to get that political correctness. Oh, yeah? Poly Mosens, you just had to go with your prescript. You could just say, you know, millennials are losers. Oh, yeah. oh half are men and half are white. Half are white, most are men. Well, because we don't have make-work government programs just to create jobs for us to be employed with. So we don't, we don't go into social work or teachers. But now the whole new thing is they want to do not early childhood education. What is it? It's like pre-family education or something like that? Is there going to be a member from the local public school district sitting there with a catcher's mitt to catch the baby as it comes out of the, the, the hoo-ha there so you can immediately run it off to school? Prenatal care public school program, right? A life of leisure, free of bosses and bills, sure sounds like the dream, and it turns out millions of millennials are living it, but don't congratulate them yet. I don't think anybody is, dear. I, I really don't think so, Polly. They're doing it under the parents' roof and not necessarily by choice. Well, I thought Obama was going to fix this, Polly. Come on, he, you know, Trump can't work miracles in three months. About a third of 18 to 34-year-olds in the U.S. live at home. The Census Bureau, the Census Bureau reported on Wednesday... That includes college dormitories. That includes college dormitories. What? About a third? That includes... Well, then how is that living at home if they're living at college dormitories? Like, mommy and daddy are paying for it? Here's what I'd like to know. This is what a good journalist would have done, but, you know, the, those those days are long gone. 
What percent of millennials have parents paying for rent, either because they live at home or because the parents are paying for it? That would be very curious. I guarantee you it's more than a third. Shoot, the Gen Xers, I still know, oh, my, oh, my dad kind of helps me out. I'm like, you're 41. What do you mean your dad helps you out? What are you talking about your dad helps you out? These aren't friends of mine. I do not, those people I know, I do not hang out with them. I just, like, and, and it has happened where, hey, you're 21, 22, it's all right. But when you're like 35, yeah, well, my dad lent me. You mean your dad lent you a couple bucks? That's where you have every right to be rude at a party. What do you mean your dad lent you money? You're 35. Uh, about a third. But, 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 among 25 to 35 year olds living at home, one in four is neither enrolled in school nor working. That is 2.2 million, a small percentage of the nation's more than 70 million millennials, but striking figure nonetheless. And then they show uh, some charts here, but the chart is oh it's between 1975 and 2015 or 16 and it shows in 1975 what percentage of people were living well, that's in millions unmarried parents home yeah look at that there's just so many more people living at home fewer people living with spouses other alone Unmarried perfect. I can't read. The font's too small. More 18 to 34-year-olds live with the parents than with the spouse, according to the report. The change in economics and demographics of young adulthood, 1975 to 2016. That's a major shift from the 1970s when young people were more than twice as likely to live with a spouse. Young adults today are also likelier to be enrolled in college or graduate school and then their counterparts in the 1970s. Yeah, and I, you know why you're living at home? Because you guys all went to college and you paid way too high a price. You come back home with $100,000 in student loan debt and there's no jobs because you all voted socialism. And I know, I know. Gen Xers are to blame on that one too. We, we voted in Obama. That way. Everyone, we couldn't wait to vote for Obama. But there's no jobs for you and your high education, so you got to go back home and live with your father. This is all self-inflicted. Again, I have a front row seat, and I am laughing my ass off. Almost 9 in 10 young people who were living in their parents' home a year ago are still living there today, making it the most stable living arrangement for young adults, the report said. In 2005, the majority of young people lived independently in their own household, either alone with a spouse or an unmarried partner which is the predominant living arrangement in 35 states. By 2015, just a decade later, only six states had a majority of young people living independently. Oh, what a worthless group of generations. Um, oh, and that was it. That was the article. Okay. So, like I said, I mean, it's it's kind of... It's it's not really necessarily news, it's just a little bit of spin, a little bit of data. It's like there's a terrorist attack in Europe. It's not news. It's just not but I, God Almighty! I mean, not 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 working or studying. How hard is it to study? Go online, self-train. All these free options, these cheap options, programming boot camp. You guys can't even do that. The good news is that the parents, the people who deserve it the most, are these parents who made sure that their kids knew they're the most special, wonderful thing ever. They didn't. They didn't. They shielded their kids from. Pain, negative reconditioning, negative reinforcement, hard lessons. 
gave the kids participation trophies and lied right to their face and they could do whatever they wanted. And now their their chickens are coming home to roost. Couldn't happen to a better group of people, both the children and the parents. Uh, oh, this is a bit dated from May 27th, 2015. Heard this on Garage Logic this past week and just had to share it. From the website viewfromthewing.boardingarea.com, written by Gary Leff, L-E-F-F. United had men-only flights until 1970. Here's the manly services they offer. You guys, go go pause it. Put it on pause. Go grab a cigar. Pour yourself a scotch. Kick the nag out of the house. And just listen to what happened before this. See, because this was World War II generation, guys. These were World War II Guys, 1953 to 1970, these are the men that still had their balls. They didn't go, yes, dear, whatever you want, dear. He said, uh, no, <clears throat> we saved the world twice. Three times if you include communism. And uh, we're going to have scotch on our planes and there ain't going to be no dames on these planes. Unless the stewardesses. And yes, the pictures from this article do have pictures of women dressed in flight attendant or stewardess outfits that I desperately wish would come back. From 1953 through 1970, United offered men-only executive flights between New York and Chicago and between Los Angeles and San Francisco. These flights were operated by a DC-6B aircraft and later Cerevelis, Cerevelis. Flights mostly operated at 5 p.m. in each direction between the two cities, generally six days a week, including Saturdays. They didn't just ban women, but children also, and flight attendants catered to these business flights with special meals and offered complimentary cigars. You know, 50 years later, and you gals still kick out. Look, go go set up your all-male, all-women flights. Go ahead, do it. Go ahead and do it. Please do. We're waiting. We're waiting for you guys to be as cool. You know, everybody emulates, oh, man, look at how mad men. Oh, look at that. Okay, I'm waiting for the female equivalent. When do you girls start kicking ass here? Huh? By all means, women should have their all-women flights. Absolutely. Specialization. They could have uh, the, the, the spa treatment or the, the pedicures and manicures. Absolutely. But you don't. You did it because you ruined it. Everything has to be equal now. Oh, everybody has to be forced together. We can't have, like, flights of just guys and flights of just girls. No, that's sexist. Meanwhile, the gal in Vietnam we were talking about became became Vietnam's first private sector billionaire. Female private sector billionaire because her flights have scantily clad flight attendants. I just wonder what, how does the economy work? How does it work? You'll learn more about economics in sex ed class, I mean seriously, than you will getting a doctorate today in modern-day economics programs. They offered last-minute massage service to make a call on behalf of the passenger back to the office, and the flights also had a teletype business news update with closing market prices. Uh, This was co-branded with the Wall Street Journal at one point. I believe the New York to Chicago flights operated between LaGuardia and Midway, until around 1961. That's when they switched to the Saravel and flew from Idlewind, now JFK, to O'Hare. At the time, that scheduled air service was in the process of transitioning away from Midway. Well, okay, so was Midway the original airport of Chicago? 
Got a bunch of Marcus, Chad, Vince. Was is that the case? Vince, you're old enough to remember this. <laughs> Wait, Vince is as is he old enough? He would have been a kid. Well, he may not even been born. I take that, but you're not that old, Vince. You're just older than us. Um, on the New York side, the executive flight was later moved to Newark. United used to claim in its history 10,500 segments with a load factor of 80 to 90 percent. Not surprising. These flew key business routes at the most popular time. And there's a an advertisement here. Oh, look at all these guys. They're in suits. The man in the gray flannel suit. They're just sitting there playing poker. There's a picture of them playing poker. Oh, look at this. Oh, when America was great. My favorite line from this second ad is a delicious meal prepared by experienced continental chefs. It's almost as if the copywriter anticipated that United's catering would indeed eventually be dictated by Continental Airline executives and chefs. Likely an, likely apocryphal, but here's a story that the United sent that United sent vouchers to the wives of passengers on these executive flights. Quote, a special invitation for wives whose husbands like to fly, or something to that effect. They surveyed those who redeemed the vouchers, and the most common response was, What flight? <laughs> Oh, look at that. Look at that. Oh, oh, we're much better now, right, guys? Right? We're, everything's good now, right? Huh? Oh, could you imagine that? Hopping on the plane. And, and like, if, if it was a legitimate business expense, you got to get to in there, to and fro. And then, uh, yeah, I'm going to have some scotch. I'm going to have a cigar. We're going to play poker. Get a massage. The wife comes back. How was the flight? Yeah, you know, oh, it was tough. <laughs> oh, and you girls, you you see, sadly, most of the gals nowadays, you do it out of vengeance and spite. I don't even know if you'd enjoy the all female version of that. I think some gals would. There's some. There's obviously some cool gals out there with a level head, but the ones that would mandate it, force it down the throats. That they like, he got it. They got to have fun. They got to have fun. They they wouldn't they wouldn't enjoy they wouldn't relax and enjoy their pedicure and manicure. What the hell, ladies? We'd let you have you could have Hugh Jackman lookalikes, you know, walk around with the Chippendales bow tie. They could say, why can't you just let why can't you just let people have fun? Why is it always there's the 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 temperance movement or the the prohibition ladies with the axes and breaking up bottles and beer uh, uh, barrels of beer? Why can't you just let guys have fun and be guys? Oh, all right, let's get a little more sponsors in. How depressing and sad are you guys now, huh? Hey, you get to sit next to big little fat people that fart on the plane. That's that's great. Uh, if you need some help beyond what this podcast offers and what my books offer and what my articles offer, you need some specific advice, you want my personal opinion, you can always go to assholeconsulting.com, where I, the world's only professional asshole, America's older brother, the dark knight of advice columns, the IKEA of consultants, Aaron Clary, will help you for an egregious fee, for a very older brotherly fee. If you've never had an old older brother, let me explain it to you, because I am eminently qualified for this position because I was the oldest brother. I was the oldest sibling. And what you do is for the lessons to learn to impart elderly brotherly wisdom on the younger siblings, you one, beat the living crap out of them, and then two, you charge them money. And then they pay attention. 
But for those of you parents who have these millennials living at home, neither working nor studying, you see you didn't beat the crap out of them or charge them money. If you did that, they'd come out better than what they currently are now. But you didn't listen to me and you probably think I'm a mean person and because I'm mean, that that, that should, uh, uh, what's the word, uh, moot, devalue, devalue everything I say. Anyway, go to assholeconsulting.com. It's worth it. I charge 100 bucks an hour. It isn't going to be $100. Don't worry. Your problems aren't that complicated if I'm allowed to be blunt and truthful. So you're looking more on average. We charge $35 for a video, $25 for an email expense or email response. So uh, if you want an independent, third party, unbiased, you know, should I do this? We have finance questions. We have education questions. We've got dating questions. we got I've come to America. What the hell's going on questions. We actually have a fair amount of immigrants coming over. They have no clue what's going on. All they've seen is, is movies and television. Uh, and so, yeah, it's worth, it's worth dropping a couple bucks, guys, because it's going to save you a lot more money in the long run. So go to assholeconsulting.com. Uh, you can advertise on the podcast if you like. We got three thousand listeners weekly, weekly, but I just don't advertise you on the podcast. I also do uh, a YouTube video for you, like a commercial. And I got thirty-one thousand subscribers, so it goes out to a much larger audience there. Uh, and then also, I put your ads on my uh, on my blog, so you get a banner ad, and I say a little thing about you and whatever you want. So, but there's that, and at least four podcasts a week, or I'm sorry, four podcasts a month. Uh, I would like to do two a week, but again, I'm writing uh, the new book uh, that will be coming out, uh, but that's that's going to take my time. I may go to Perkins again later on tonight and just bang it out. I am so sick of that monkey on my back. I get in a bad mood. I get very depressed when I write, and I it's just, I especially in conjunction with, with all the pistons firing, I have very little time to myself. So uh, anyway, where was I? So if you'd like to advertise, it's $100 a month. I plug you. Usually the first month or two are profitable depending upon your product, uh, but I don't do minimums. It's not like, you have to advertise with us for six months. It's like, no, no, actually you don't. Uh, it's one month. If you're not profitable, don't worry about it, man. I understand. I'm a businessman myself. I don't want you losing money. I want to help you make money. So we do one month. If that works and you want to do another month, cool. Just let me know. And when everyone's all like apologizing, they're like, oh, I'm sorry, I really can't renew, it's no longer worth I'm like, dude, don't apologize. I'd rather have you in business so that when you come up with your next business idea or the next product you want to come here and advertise. So, uh, yeah, don't, 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 um, don't feel bad. Just let me know and then, you know. And then I have other people I recommend. Well, let's do this right now. I might as well help out fellow people because apparently I'm a nice guy and no one understands how this business works. Here's other places you could go advertise. If you're an entrepreneur, let me help plug a couple buddies because they have different audiences that I do, but they're still in the general male under 60, still have our balls left category. Terrence Pop. He's on YouTube. Okay, Contact Terrence Pop. The Backloft. He has a podcast. Not as many people listen, but uh, more geekery comic book. Tom Lankus. Matter of fact, before you advertise here, Go advertise there. You can find him at blowmeuptom.com. His rates are very reasonable, especially for the reach he has. Frankly, I think he's doing charity. He's made his money. I think he just does this for fun. He has a podcast, but he had a radio show, huge following. That is definitely says your first go-to guy to advertise is Tom Likas. Uh, who else? Uh, Mitch Berg on AM 1280, The Patriot. Uh, I, I mean, these are just the people off, off the top of my head. Uh, Adam Piggott. 
cynical libertarian, if, he, if he'd ever modernize his site, he needs a lot of work. He needs a lot of work. Um, but he, he, I think he does his podcasting more for therapy. O'Shea Jackson, if he'd be kind enough, uh, thenegromanosphere.com, negromanosphere.com. Uh, if, you're, if your target, your market includes uh, black men, particularly young black men who are sick and tired of poverty and BS, uh, you definitely want to advertise on the negromanosphere.com. O'Shea Jackson's in charge of that outfit, um, so go talk to him. There are others, but yeah, if, if you want to advertise here, 100 bucks a month, uh, and we just want to make sure you make money. If you don't, don't worry about it. We, it's no obligation. And then we have our good uh, resident CPA, Chad Elkins. Go to elkinscpa.com. Busy season is over for the young man. He's now uh, dealing with the stragglers who have uh, don't understand the IRS could crush your nuts in half a second if they wanted to, so they always do their extensions. But uh, Chad is always looking for new clients and diversifying, so it doesn't necessarily have to be taxes. If you're looking for a sound financial mind, particularly a CPA for whatever accounting services you might need, financial, analytical, or just setting up an accounting system. Uh, one thing I used Chad for was to take a look at my taxes, just say, hey, give this the once over. Let me know if I'm missing something. He says, no, you're doing a pretty good job. And he says, well, I got an idea, though, that down the road when you move to Vegas, uh, let's set up an LLC, S-Corp kind of thing, blah, blah, blah. And so it was definitely worth it, you know, like have an expert take have a second opinion. Doctor looks at your body. Have Chad look at your taxes and your accounting situation. That's elkincpa.com. Let them know that the captain sent you. We have the League of Extraordinary Podcasters, 405media.com. Obsidian Radio, you could find him on uh, YouTube. Financial Survival Network, we talked about our, our buddy Kerry. Conto Talk, Silvio Conto. Nice guy, just a heck of a nice guy. And if you happen to be Latino or just happen to have an interest in Hispanic and Latino American politics, uh, stop in. The guy's from Cuba. He escaped Cuba when he was 10. Wrote a book called Cubanos in Wisconsin. His family ended up in Wisconsin. He ended up becoming a Green Bay Packers fan. Great book. Look, you got some kid that's starting to listen to their teachers and thinks, oh, communism is great and we just haven't done it right the first time. Read, Give him this book. Give him, give him Silvio's book. It's a short read, but it's definitely worth it. Especially at the top, the part where they... Where they <laughs> just typical 10-year-old boys. Doesn't It shows you it doesn't matter where you grow up. They they decided that they were going to try and infiltrate a Russian base because they were curious. Not like they were like going to spy. They just want. They just like, oh, there's Russians here. They got tanks. Let's go check this, sh- this stuff out. And so it's it's just a good story, uh, and c- certainly something that I think every young uh, person should read, boy and girl, so they know what you know. America is not exactly the worst, even though I know you think Trump is literally Hitler. Uh, there there have yet to be cattle cars. And people wearing uh, wearing Yudin uh, uh, patches. Oh, where else are we? So, Kanto uh, Talk, BlowMeUpTom.com. We already talked about Tom Likas. Cynical Libertarian Society. V Speaks. V Speaks, new edition to the League of Extraordinary Podcasters. You can find him on YouTube, V Speaks. He is uh, Eastern European from, uh, I think, the Czech Republic living in Ireland, and the difference between East and Western Europe and how spoiled Western Europe is, is just, it allows for some interesting insights from this young man. So check out V Speaks. You can find him on YouTube. Uh, then we have Mitch Berg at AM 1280, The Patriot. Check in and into him. And that's it for the League of Extraordinary Podcasters. <clears throat> Academic Composition. Go to academiccomposition.com where they will do your resumes for you for $100. But you may might be more interested in their 
original service, and that is writing college papers for you, because why would you write papers on leftist indoctrinated BS? So it's a, it's busy, not busy season, but final season coming up. Uh, it's this busy season now, and uh, do what smart corporations do, and that is outsource the stuff that you don't want to do at academiccomposition.com. Also, Alex is always hiring. So send him an email, go to the site, send him an email, because he's looking to hire writers and marketers. Neither job is exciting or glorious. Do you remember writing papers? That's what you're paid to do. You're paid per page, so if you are very verbose and you can write very well and quickly, you can actually make some pretty good money, and the marketing is just posting ads up on Craigslist. Again, neither are glorious or exciting. They're not going to provide you meaning or purpose in life like you've been lied to by all your baby boomer and Gen X teachers and professors. It will pay you, however, money. And because it's done on the internet, you could pretty much do it from wherever. He doesn't care, as long as you get it done. So contact Alex at academiccomposition.com. Let him know the cat that sent you so he knows how to, you know, he keeps advertising here. I mentioned our two audiologists, voice recorder professionals, jimfear138.blogspot.com and undertowaudio.com. Please check out those two young gentlemen. Uh, and send them your business if you are looking to have your book read or you need voice acting, some kind of professional recording work. They're there. They'll take care of you. And Instagram.com slash Ultimate Reading List if you are looking to advertise your book on a website that's going to get you sales. That's $100 a month as well. Uh, contact Max. You can email Max at Max at Wooter, W-O-O-T-E-R, Wooter.co, not .com.co. Let them know the captain sent you. And he'll put your book on his site, Instagram.com slash Ultimate Reading List. You say Instagram, I'm like, that's what I said. And then when I saw that um, he, he's he got 30,000 followers, because I, I, I don't understand Instagram, but he does, obviously. And I, I dropped my 100 bucks, and I made more than 100 bucks in sales. So this is definitely, I can't guarantee you, you know, there's, there's no guarantee. Um, but I sure as heck I'm going to advertise the new book or essay when it comes out. Uh, so uh, i got to contact Max about that. Uh, if you'd like to follow me on the social media, you can. I'm on gab.ai. I'm on minds.com. I'm on Twitter. Follow me on Facebook. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, but if you really want to help out, but you don't have any desire or need to purchase the old captain's advertisers or sponsors, wares, uh, just sub- subscribe, comment, and like. Vote things up. Write a review on iTunes for the Clary Podcast. That all goes. To- I know it's a pain in the butt, but it actually does help. I finally figured out why it's this new online media thing. I just produce content. I don't know how it works. I only drive them. I don't know what makes them work. Three dollars for whoever can get. No, I'm kidding. Uh, you get a gold. You get a digital metaphorical golden star if you could tell me what movie that's from. Oh, 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 oh! That's my author dog impersonation. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have my two classes, both of them online. If you want something a little bit more serious, a little bit more rigorous, you want to learn how to invest and save for your 401ks, all that other stuff, you can take my two classes, the analysis and valuation of stocks. That's my best one of the two. But everyone else kind of prefers stocks, bonds, investing, oh my, because it's more introductory and, and for the beginners. So if you don't know anything about investing or finance, you would like to learn the basics, take my class, stocks, bonds, investing, oh my. Right, you learn about 401ks, IRA. What is a stock? What is a bond? Uh, a mile wide and an inch deep. Very introductory, so it's nothing that you can't handle. If you uh, want to take a class after that, and you want to have like some really good skills that I think help out people a lot, I take the analysis evaluation of stocks. Uh, that teaches you how to read financial statements, some accounting, and also gets into the realm of what is value. 
What drives a stock price? How do I make wise investments? And I, I think it's the better of the two. But then again, I guess if you don't know the first one of what value is it to be a good financial analyst if you don't know what a 401k is. So I, I, I understand. I just look at the enrollments and like the, the better class only has a quarter of the enrollments of the other one. I'm like, are you kidding me? It's like, this is the Ferrari and you all want to drive the, the Ford Taurus. Um, so you can find that online. Just search the title of the classes, Stocks, Bonds, Investing, Oh My, the analysis evaluation of stocks. You can take them online anywhere. They're offered at hundreds of different places. It doesn't matter where you take it, so find it wherever it's cheapest. Uh, if you need to take it accredited, you might have to go through your particular university or college, um, but they're available out there for you. And then also related to investing is Betterment. I have a Betterment affiliate, advertising affiliate program. <clears throat> and basically, Betterment is a robo-advisor meaning they got rid of Slicky McSlickerson, the salesman who has you come into his or her office, asks you questions, and then plugs that data into a computer screen, and uh, that computer analyzes your answers, and then Slicky McSlickerson gets 1% to 2% managerial fee uh, because of that. Uh, they said, you know what, just like online banking, just like self-checkout, just like uh, pretty much everything on the Internet, uh, Betterment got rid of that middleman. And now you just enter in your data. They take a poll, at a, uh, not a poll, they uh, interview, take a survey about your investment goals and all this other stuff. And then it spits out, okay, here are the index funds that you invest in. They invest in index funds because they beat the majority of investment professionals and they have very low costs. So in other words, if you're looking to start an IRA, start saving for retirement, Go to Betterment. But don't go to Betterment.com because then I don't get my commission. And we all know the only reason we're doing this is so I can make money. Which pisses off some communists in the Manosphere. <laughs> it pisses off the underperformers, the jealous people, and the communists within the Manosphere that some people might make money. It's unbelievable. It, yeah, it's... <laughs> They're green about my green. All oh, the fortune that I have here. I think I've made one sale. Yeah, boy, here's here's another point. Let me explain it this way. I've only made one sale on Betterment. I still endorse it like I do Praxy because I've only had two calls so far. It's a, it's a Betterment and Praxy are new technologies. They're new business ideas. But I actually have faith in the idea. I don't have an investment in these at all. I mean, I get a commission, obviously. Uh, but I just like the technique. I like the technology. I like it. I'm going to use Betterment when I pay off my house because I, I, you guys know me. I'm not a big fan of IRAs or 401ks, but after a while, it's going to be like there's nothing left to invest in. You don't have, If you have all your debts paid off, you might as well get the tax break on an IRA. You know. So if you would kindly go to my site first, captaincapitalism.blogspot.com, look for the Betterment logo, click on the Betterment logo, and same thing with the Amazon affiliate. They'll take you to the Betterment site, but there'll be extra code, and it'll say, oh, yeah, this came from Cappy. So if you do sign up and fund an account, I get a little bit of a commission uh, there as well. Uh, oh, let's do fan mail. Put that there. I only have one. We have one more article to go through. From Rodney. Rodney writes, I spent a good amount of money on your services, only destroy the books, but my, but by God, did you ever teach me economics, which is absolutely invaluable. Well, thank you, to Rod- thank you, Rodney. I appreciate that very much. Uh, short and sweet above all else. But, yeah, it's uh, you learn economics. Look, don't go to school for economics. Just study it for free on the Internet. I mean, you don't even have to go to the library. 
I mean, that's how lazy you could be. You don't have to go to the library. You just download YouTube videos and podcasts. You just listen. You don't ever have to read. The fact you young kids don't know what the Dewey Decimal System or microfiche or microfilm is, you have no idea how lucky you are. <laughs> all right, where'd the other article go? Here, here it is. As you all know, I um, rejected my forced indoctrination. They tried to indoctrinate me. They, they tried to get me to be an automaton to become part of the Borg, but I did not. And one thing that was... They started pushing more in the 90s than they did in the 80s was that hate is bad. Mm, darkness in this one is. Like, like you're not supposed to get angry. You're not supposed to let hate rule you. Uh, you're not, you, know, you always be optimistic. The glass is half full. And I understand... We're in some Eastern philosophies, particularly well, although Stoicism is is more Western. But I understand in a Buddhist, Zen, Stoic type of philosophy, we're not letting anger and hatred ruin your life by ruling over it. I got that. But what I think has happened, especially among lefter elements in the education system and media as well, is they don't want you getting angry. And they, you know, like hate. Hate is a perfect example of this. Hate is now racism or bigotry. Whereas it's like, no, I hate you. I, I remember in the 80s, God, I hate that guy. Oh, I hate you. <clears throat> Dude, I hate that. And it was not a four-letter word. Well, it was a four-letter word, but it wasn't a curse word. Now it's almost like hate crime. Ooh, you're, you're full of hate. As if this is like the eighth deadly sin. And, and it's not. Hate Anger and rage and the desire for revenge is very natural, and it is necessary to prevent evil people from ruling over you, which communists like to do. And therefore, it does, it does not surprise me at all that the drive, that the measures taken to ostracize and villainize hate as a flaw as a sin and not a natural human reaction out of self-respect for one's life. It's the same thing as like, <clears throat> money is the root of all evil. Okay, give me all your money since it's so bad. The left always wants you to part with your money because it's bad. Oh, money, you don't, you don't need money. Those things in life are free and you don't need none of that money. Okay, well, give me your money then since it's so worthless. It's very easy to, to out-argue a leftist. It's not that hard. <clears throat> but I can't help but feel warm fuzzies when I see another segment of the baby boomer economy going away. Because I know, I know, oh, oh, ageism, oh, hate. Now, I, I really hate this segment. I, I dislike the baby boomers. I judge everybody, you know, independently. But as a group, yeah, there's not a lot of people I hate more than baby boomers. I can honestly say I am bigoted against baby boomers and for good reason. So when I see... Like, uh, there was an article a couple years ago about all these washed-up time in Newsweek and New York Times, all these old uh, uh, journalists, all these wannabe uh, guys who, who uh, they watched that movie about the guys bringing down Nixon and Watergate. What did it have? Um, <clears throat> Butch Cassie in it. Not the Robert Redford. They all thought they were going to become that, and all they did was proceed to lie to my and your generation. All they did was then none of them, none of them were journalists. They were all hacked. They were all they were the original proto social justice warriors. That's what they were, and part of that of the media is radio, and so here it is. 
iHeartRadio parent wars that may not survive another year. Station operator is saddled with $20 billion of debt it took on from a $24 billion 2008 leveraged buyout from private equity firms. Who would buy a radio station? Did you not? See, I wasn't that, I didn't understand it at the time because I was busy, you know, making money and trying to earn a living. But did you not see the internet coming? Did you not see bandwidth increasing and, and realize it was more universal? It could access more people for a fraction of the cost? I've said it before, radio stations are very, very expensive, outdated, obsolete pieces of machinery. And so are HR ladies, and so are sales departments. And now, with, what do I got here? A $50 travel mic, and a laptop I pick up used for $300, and free software, I am my own radio station. And I remember some old people who shan't go mention in the Minneapolis radio markets... Mocking and ridiculing people for having blogs and podcasts. Everybody's got a podcast. Who does it? Yeah, you're right. Everybody has a podcast. But you know what people aren't going to have pretty soon? Radio shows. There'll be a thousand million radio uh, podcasters. There'll be zero radio shows. Oh, they'll keep it around just like Time and Newsweek. You know, like all those uh, newspapers you see over the dentist's office. Like, oh, wow, this is still in business? Who knew? This is still around? Who reads this? Oh, but it's good to see what I would say is exclusively a baby boomer industry dying and going away and getting out of the way for the new generation. And I know, I know, when I am old and I'm a fuddy-duddy and I'm driving slow in the left lane and I demand these kids pay for my Social Security and Medicare, I too will be in the way. But I, I won't be as conscious or self-serving. I don't think anyone could be as self-serving or conscious of it as the baby boomers were. I'm millennials, may again. And Gen X was no treat either. Uh, but I have, I don't care. I, Pioneer Press. It's, it, it's a newspaper. If, if, you don't, if you never heard of them, don't worry. It doesn't matter. They used to be downtown St. Paul. And they used to be, you know, this used to be the Daily Planet. This is a serious, this is a serious periodical. This was serious journalism. Uh, they had to abandon their downtown offices because rents were a little too high and they weren't making no money. And to hear these old fogies talk about, like, even going to work still, like, this is still a viable medium. Like, this this titanic of a media ship that's sinking. And, you know, it's not like they don't, they hit the, the iceberg and it's slowly sinking and they don't know it. Like, there's water on the main deck and they're like, well, we, we're going to move offices. So the Pioneer Press is no longer in their prestigious offices. They're, they're across the river now. It's some cheaper uh, commercial area. Who knows what they But they're not paying as much for the prestige. Because who's, who's going to buy you a newspaper? Why? Why do you keep this, this, this corpse, this vegetable on life support alive? End it. The Star Tribune, the New York Times, the Pioneer Press, the LA Times. End it. Retire. Go away. Your time is over. Oh, that's right. You baby boomers didn't save enough for retirement. And now you're the only one trick pony and a lot of you are journalists and you don't know what to do. The fact that the Huffington Post gets people to work for them for free, does that does that indicate anything to you guys? You people who are so smart and journalists and editors and you're going to tell us what to think. And don't worry, you're so smart and you're so so magnanimous that you'll go ahead and take care and tell us what to think. You'll, you'll filter out the news. You guys can't even tell that the party's over. 
You're like that nerd that the the you know the, he still sticks around because I was one. Think that oh maybe this girl will talk to me, maybe maybe that girl and the lights go on. You're like maybe I should just go home because it's three a.m. You guys are like that. Except I figured that crap out when I was twenty and twenty one, and I went home. You guys are come on baby, light my fire. Thinking you're gonna what? Get a you gonna scoop? You gonna scoop somebody? Huh? You still wear the little press hat, the little sign that says press in your hat, huh? Yeah, Phil McConroy from the LA Times. It's done. Retire. Go away. Have some dignity. I mean, it's not, well, look, we're not even gunning for your position, guys. We are not gunning for your position. No one wants to be a journalist. It's all on the internet now. It's been democratized. Normal, everyday citizens can do your job, and we do it better and cheaper than you do. Anyway. <clears throat> iHeartMedia, the biggest operator of radio stations in the U.S., and headed by Bob Pittman of MTV fame. Well, there! What, you guys think I just rip on the boomers because I hate them. That is true. But, but there is more than a seed of truth to what I say. Bob Pittman, MTV Plans to include languages next quarterly report warning investors that it may not survive another year. The company, which owns iHeartRadio and Billboard advertising company Clear Channel Outdoor Holdings, said it continues to expect cash flow to be negative and is uncertain as to whether it will be able to refinance or extend the maturities of some of its borrowings, according to a regulatory filing. Well, why don't you guys just get bailed out by the taxpayer? I mean, that's kind of the thing you guys endorse. You, you know, the bankers shouldn't lose their jobs because, you know, they were living their dream. They were following their passion. And the students shouldn't have to pay back their student loans. They should be bailed out. You guys are all Hillary and Bernie supporters. You're all about bailing. You're all about bailouts all the time. Why don't you journalists go and lobby the government? You know, you guys do this last hurrah. We'll play a 1980s uh, montage song so you could feel like you're young again and relevant. And then you can go ahead and write some, some letters to your congressman. Phil Filbertson from the Chicago Tribune. Senator Inkelstead, do you know that there's this bill that's been... There better not be another baby boomer president. That's all I got to say. But come on, you know, get yourself a bailout. Why don't you write articles, because you never gave a damn about journalism or the truth anyway. Why don't you just start writing articles with a little bit of CYA? Huh? You know, we could, you, you could have like the... The, the journalist uh, retirement fund. It'd be like TARP. But, you know, you could you could spin it like you guys were kind of like public sector, you know, public service people. You're the fourth branch of government. A really crappy one, I might add. Nothing but a propaganda arm. But but this is how you could sell it. You say that you, you're entitled to a government pension because you were the fourth branch of government. Oh... Sorry, and I know the boomers have no money because the book that I'm writing, or essay rather, it is about retirement. I pulled the data. My gosh, only 15% of the boomers actually have enough money to retire on. You freaking ha- I got news for you. And it's the engineers and doctors and the 3M employees. It's not you wannabe Troy McTryson of, uh, of the Star Tribune. It's not you losers. The company has almost $350 million of debt coming due this year, part of the massive $20 billion debt load it took on as part of a 24-leverage buyout of then Clear Channel Communications Incorporated by private equity firms Bain Capital and Thomas H. Lee Partners in 2008. Oh, okay, so these Wall Street geniuses, Bain, 
Isn't Bain one of my primary competitors? Yeah, Bain and there's McKinsey. Who do you want to hire, Bain or Asshole Consulting? It's up to you. Uh, it has another $8.3 billion debt coming due in 2019. This just sounds like Greece. Management anticipates that our financial statements to be issued for three months ended March 31st, 2017 will include disclosure indicating there will be a substantial doubt as to our ability to continue as a going concern for a period of 12 months following the date of our first quarter in 2017 financial statements are issued, the company said in its filing with the Securities and Exchange Commission. iHeart's most active bonds, the 9% notes, holy cow, that's a high interest rate, that mature on March 2021 traded down two points to 75 cents on the dollar. According to market access, it's six and seven eighths notes due in June of 2018. We're trading at 69 cents on the dollar. Moody's Investor Service said an exchange offer in March in which iHeart swapped 476 million of senior unsecured notes. Look, let me, let me explain something to you guys, a little bit of finance. When you start seeing this mezzanine financing, you start seeing all these tranches, I understand if you got common stock and some debt. You got notes or mortgages payable, and then you got your equity accounts. You start seeing the senior, junior, subordinated, quasi-preferred, convertible bonds, baloney. Uh, yeah, don't invest in that company. Just just don't. It's it, it, no guarantee, but it's a pretty good sign it's a sinking ship. Uh, as for its stock... Shares on Friday fell 3%. The ratings agency had revised an outlook on iHeart's ratings from too negative from stable in December, suggesting it might... Wait, so it took... Three months ago, you guys were all for this thing? The finance industry has no clue what it's doing. And I don't say that to simplify things or it's the corporations. I'm not saying... The finance industry, New York, does not know what the hell it is doing. Do not work in finance. Do not work in the investment world. They don't know what they're doing. Oh, they'll make you study. They'll make you get a CFA or a CPA. They'll make it sound like it's all a science and a profession. It is not. It is salesmanship, lies, politicians, and bunk. And incompetent morons graduating from the Ivy League. It's already deep into junk at CAA2 rating in the medium term. Moody said at the time it expected iHeart would be forced into a debt restructuring in the next year. The company attempted in April to persuade its creditors to accept a series of exchange offers that would allow it to refinance more than $14 billion of term loans and other debt, offering new debt, equity, and ownership in clear-channel outdoor holdings. After its lenders failed to take up that offer, the company extended its deadline to late April. Well, I mean, you know... You don't want these baby boomer journalist types to actually get jobs, do you? They, they might have to, like, work at me. Oh, wouldn't that be such poetic justice? Oh, as the roboticized economy comes closer and closer to fruition, these hacks, these propagandists from the 60s and the 70s and the 80s, these Eleanor Cliff types who didn't make it big they and, and spent their money poorly because they were leftists, they didn't save anything. And then all oh, the Pioneer Press finally closes down and, and the radio stations close down. And you guys have to work at McDonald's because you don't have any other effing skills. Oh, would that be heavenly? That, that would be true poetic justice. That would lend further, lend further credibility and evidence 
to my theory that there is universal balance and equilibrium in the universe. There, there is balance. There is justice. There is comeuppance. There is karma. And I don't say that to make things feel better. I say it because I've seen it, and, and the more I think about it, it's true. But man, would that not be great. All, right at the age of 60, and you guys didn't save squat for retirement, you all got reverse mortgages, or you took out a loan to afford a boat against your house, and then all these newspapers shut down, or they lay you all off and hire kids for free, fresh out of J school, to lie and do brown journalism. And then you are forced to realize what your true value in society is, and that is you are a fast food restaurant worker. And you're not some 18, 19-year-old kid just trying to get by as he or she goes to college. You are a full-grown, mature adult who just pissed their life away. (laughs) Oh, All right, that's it. Listen, um... Do yourselves a favor. Do me a favor. Vote, subscribe, comment, like, and share. Tell everybody about the Old Clary podcast. Men, check your nuts for testicular cancer. It is the easiest, most preventable form of cancer if you detect it early. So fidget with your nuts if your girlfriend won't fidget with them for you. Ladies, have your boyfriend check your boobies. Breast cancer obviously affects women. Although I, I do know a couple people, males, who did get breast cancer. Men can get breast cancer. Uh, but obviously it is more pronounced. In the ladies. So ladies, of course, do the mammogram. But, you know, let your boyfriend play uh, make-believe doctor. Oh, you want to come in for a mammogram? Let's talk to the girls. Uh, And men, if you don't have a girl that will check your nuts, and girls, if you don't have a guy that will check the girls, uh, you're going to have to check them yourself. But, you know, every once in a while, go in there and get checked in professionally by a doctor. Also, men, get your prostate checked. Right, if you are forty or older, and the doctor's gonna say, "Well, was there ever any cancer?" and you say, "No, well, you'll be fine." No, say you, doc, shove your finger up my ass and look around for that fu- uh, freaking cancer. Uh, so do that, and that is also relatively uh, preventable or detectable, early detect, easy to cure or, or treat. Uh, and that's it. All right, we'll see you, kids, later. Toodles.